It doesn't officially begin until June 1st, but hurricane season is coming. And since 1991, we've seen an average of seven hurricanes a year. Colorado State University predicts we'll see one less, though the weather company says we'll see one more. There's more to the debate whether El Nino will have an influence over the Caribbean this year. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration says the El Nino condition in the Pacific, a warming of the waters near the equator, could cause fewer storms in the Caribbean. But only time will tell. If this happens, we might see fewer storms. But either way, officials warn everyone to be prepared. As we head into hurricane and tornado season, let's not give in to fear or panic. Instead, we can trust in Jesus, who calmed a great storm on the Sea of Galilee. We can trust in him and his promises to protect and guide us through any storm that we might face. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story. It's all about Jesus. And we're in a series continuing this week called Signs and Sermons of Jesus. Is Jesus the promised Messiah? That's what many asked back in the first century when he walked the dusty roads of Palestine. But many today are asking that very same question. Jesus could have given a simple yes or no answer, but what did he do instead? He did something more, more powerful. He showed everyone, whether he was the one who's to come by performing great signs, miracles, as we might call them today, and these signs showed he was the Son of God and the promised Messiah. In a moment, we're going to think about Jesus being that promised one, and we'll also hear from the new season three of The Chosen. If you've been listening to our program the last couple of weeks, You know we've been talking about this special TV series. It was created by Dallas Jenkins as a way to help us better understand Jesus and those he called to follow him. I asked Dallas why he thinks this show has connected so well with a worldwide audience. Currently, it's in every country in the world, and it's been translated in over 60 languages, and people loving the show. And and I think the reason is, is because the show focuses on Jesus and his relationships with those around him. And here's what you see when you really explore the stories of Jesus. He wasn't interested in a political revolution. Um, Every day you hear from both sides the reasons why it's important to fight, the reasons why it's important to take a stand, to to collect our team together, and we're going to we're going to make a stand, we're going to vote in this way, or we're going to fight in this way. And Jesus really wasn't about that. Um, We'd like to sometimes think he was. I think both sides like to claim him as an endorser of their political perspective uh, when it's convenient. But when you look at the stories of Jesus, he was about the personal. Um, His miracles were about the personal. He was always after your heart. And he oftentimes said, I'm not about a political kingdom. I'm not about an earthly kingdom. I'm about about a spiritual kingdom. And I think being reminded of those stories, there's something simple about it. There's something beautiful about just focusing on that relationship between Jesus and the people that he met. And they sometimes wanted him to fight. They were sometimes saying, hey, we're in the middle of a, of a revolution here. What are you going to do? Are you going to lead us? And he was like, I'm after your heart. I'm after your heart. 
And uh, I think there's something that's uh, a salvation and literally, but also just a relief about that right now, that sometimes when you can just tune out all that's going on and just focus on the greatest man who ever lived. Uh, I think that for a lot of people, it's a respite from, from all the craziness that happens when they tune on, turn on the news or, uh, or go on to social media. Dallas Jenkins talking about his savior and his TV series called The Chosen. Later in the program, we'll hear an excerpt from this new season. And after that, I want to give you an opportunity to get all three of the seasons of The Chosen. We have them on DVD. I invite you to come to our website after the program where you can watch excerpts from the series. You can listen to our Great Stories podcast where you can hear my full interview with Dallas Jenkins. And then you can make your minimum gift for the bundle of seasons one to three on DVD. And our web address again, and our web address where you can find all that and get your series ordered is haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. Or call us after the program. Our number to call is 800 65 Haven. 800 65 Haven. And if you just want to get the new season three on DVD, we have that for your gift as well. Now, we open our program as we always do with a song that should inspire you and grow your faith. A song sung for us by John Reddick. It's not just a story. It's a living, breathing, walking testimony Of a guy so good he'd leave his home in glory For the world he loved, for the world that he so loved It's not just a story I believe in the life of Jesus I believe that he conquered death I believe that he conquered death I believe in the resurrection 
called I Believe It, The Life of Jesus. John Reddick opening this haven today. I'm Charles Morris. Here it is Tuesday, and we're sharing the great story that's all about Jesus as we continue in a series called Signs and Sermons of Jesus. Now, Christ, when he was on earth, lived an extraordinary life. It was filled with an abundance of miracles, as well as his life-changing teaching but it was also a hard life. He was neglected and rejected. He was rejected by his hometown, Nazareth. He was frequently on the receiving end of accusations from the religious leaders of his day. He was almost always misunderstood. And even after his resurrection, the disciples were still confused as to why he came to earth. In Acts chapter 1, verse 6, the disciples asked him, Are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? How wrong they had it, even though they'd been with him three years and heard him teach. They thought God's kingdom was going to be tied to a physical nation, their nation. And this idea was prevalent among Jewish people in the first century. You almost can't blame them. For centuries, they had anticipated the Messiah's coming, someone to deliver them from their great oppressor, and that was the Roman Empire. But they were selling the Messiah far too short. In Luke 7, two of John's disciples visited Jesus, and they approached him with an important question that reveals to us what John the Baptist thought about the kingdom. It's there in Luke 7, 20. John's disciples saying to Jesus, John the Baptist sent us to ask you, are you the one who is to come? Or should we expect someone else? And the response Jesus gave is not the one John needed. I want us to listen to an excerpt from The Chosen of this exchange between Jesus and the disciples of John. Ah, yes. What do we have here? These are two of your cousin's disciples, Avner and Adam. Jesus of Nazareth? That name I respond to readily. I'll not be returning to Nazareth in this lifetime. The baptizer has an urgent question for you. I recognize you from the day John introduced me to Andrew. Behold the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sin of the world. Yes. Good memory. (laughs) My cousin can get excited. So, what does John want to know? Simon brought us in haste. This isn't appropriate here. We can talk later. Sam? I actually think now is the perfect time. Who here has experienced John the Baptizer in some way? Uh, 
I know some of you rejected John, but some of you believed his message. He has had a profound impact on so many in this region. And these are two of his disciples, so let's welcome them. Hmm? Some of you may also know that John is currently imprisoned by Herod in Machairus. I think it would be instructive for us to hear what's on his mind in the midst of such challenge. It's a difficult question. It might be better privately. It's fine. This is healthy. <clears throat> he sent us to ask you if you are really the one who is to come. Or should we look for someone else? Say that last part again. Should we look for someone else? For those of you who could not hear, John the Baptizer, my cousin, who has prepared the way for me, is now questioning if I'm the Messiah or if maybe we should keep waiting. An excerpt from the TV program, The Chosen, a multi-season program chronicling the life of Jesus and his disciples, directed by Dallas Jenkins. And while there is dramatization in this series, it's faithful to what the scriptures say about Jesus and his life. Let's look at this convert. Let's listen to this conversation between John's disciples and Jesus. You can find it beginning in Luke 7, 18. Jesus had been the talk of the town. Ever since his first sermon in Nazareth, the region of Galilee had seen his amazing works. The word had spread. This news about Jesus had even reached John the Baptist. And if you've read the Gospel of Luke, you'll know that in the first couple of chapters, John the Baptist was one of the main characters. But in chapter 3, he was imprisoned by King Herod. And that was the final time we see him. When then the confines of his prison cell, John was wondering if this news about his cousin, Jesus, meant that he was the one who is to come. Well, what did John mean by that question? Well, earlier in John's ministry, he spoke of one stronger than him who was coming after him. John the Baptist had in mind Malachi 3.1. That's a prophecy of the Messiah. Listen to these words. Notice how not only the Messiah is promised, but also John the Baptist himself. I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come. When John the Baptist asked if Jesus was the coming one, he was asking if Jesus was the promised Messiah of Malachi 3.1. Now this was important for John the Baptist because the Messiah would bring judgment against God's enemies. And in John's eyes, Jesus the Messiah could even break him out of jail. Jesus could have simply said yes. But he did something even greater. He showed them whether he was the one who is to come by performing miracles. A husband could say, I love you, to his wife, and 
That's quite meaningful. But when he shows his wife that he loves her through acts of love, it makes his I love you all the more compelling. Jesus was doing something similar here. Jesus responded not just with words, but with evidence. He cursed many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits, and he gave sight to many who... He cured many who had diseases, sickness, and evil spirits, and he gave sight to many who were blind. Do these miracles remind you of anything? Perhaps his sermon in Nazareth in Luke 4. We discussed this passage last week. Well, in Luke 7, Jesus lives out the sermon he preached. He tells John's disciples to go tell John what they saw and heard in verse 22. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. In his response, Jesus makes use of many messianic passages, like Isaiah 61, to confirm to John's disciples that he was indeed the Messiah. He was the one who was to come. But did you notice anything missing? Jesus didn't mention John's imprisonment. Jesus didn't quote the part of Isaiah 61 that mentions the release of prisoners. John believed that if Jesus was the Messiah, then his release would soon follow. But Jesus' response was telling John to reevaluate what he believes about the kingdom of God. I mentioned this earlier. John the Baptist expected judgment. If the kingdom of God was arriving, then the conquering of God's enemies would soon come to pass. But Jesus introduced the kingdom not with judgment, that would come later, but with mercy. What did he say in verse 22? Good news is proclaimed to the poor. And as John 3.17 tells us, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Yes, the judgment will one day come, but it's not yet. Jesus came the first time to save. The way that he responds is probably not what John the Baptist expected or wanted to hear, but it's what he needed. Jesus' message found in Luke 4 and once again in Luke 7 is good news to John. But why? Why is that? Because John was a sinner in need of grace. The message Jesus brought was for him and all those who would later come to Christ in faith. But this message is not just good news for John. It's good news for you and me. Friend, We are those who are in need of a great miracle by the hand of Jesus. By nature, we are born spiritually blind, and we need to be given sight. We are born unable to walk in a manner pleasing to the Lord. We are in need of cleansing from our sin. And if Jesus arrived on earth to judge, then we would be in big trouble we wouldn't have anyone to cling to for salvation from our sin. We would have to face the judgment all alone. But thanks be to God for his kindness. Jesus came not to judge, but to save. 
He came to take the sins of those who believe in him, so that when he returns to judge, we will not fear, but we will rejoice in the victory over sin, death, and the devil. Now that, my friend, is good news, and I pray you believe it. This message is good news for all who do not stumble upon Christ's work and Christ's message. He's our Good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter. The one religion failed. For the good Lord has come to seek and save. He's our Rescuer on Haven Today, Signs and Sermons of Jesus. Millions have seen The Chosen. All the while, millions more are finding out about it. My wife and I really enjoyed this series, and we were quite excited when season three came out. I want you and those you love to see it as well. As you watch, you will see the story of Jesus in a fresh, and vibrant way through the eyes of people whose lives had been transformed by him. People like Peter, John, Matthew. Who were they 
What were they like before they met Christ? How did the message of the gospel change their lives forever? As you watch all three seasons of The Chosen, you and your family will see your lives through the lives of those around Christ. And you'll end up having a deeper appreciation of how the gospel truly transforms. So, for your generosity to this listener-supported ministry, I want to send you all three seasons on DVD of The Chosen. You can go right now to our website, watch some excerpts from The Chosen, watch the interview that I had with Dallas that's there on video, and make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. Or you can call us at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. And if you just want to get the new Season 3 on DVD, we have that for your gift as well. And as we have to go, a reminder that if this program ministers to you, and we pray every day that it does, would you pray about becoming a Haven partner? That's somebody who agrees to pray regularly, but also give automatically monthly to help us, to join us, keep sharing Christ and this good news with others. Ask about that when you call us or read about becoming a Haven partner when you visit our website. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Come back again tomorrow, won't you? When again together, we'll share the great story. The great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Niagara Falls is a beautiful yet powerful sight. Did you know that 700,000 gallons of water travel through the falls every second? And the water never runs out. The falls receive their water from the Great Lakes. And as water flows out, more water comes in. It doesn't run out, which is good news for nearby residents because it's their source of electricity. But as great and powerful as the Niagara Falls are, there's a greater source of never-ending life. In John 1, he opens his gospel describing the Logos, Jesus. What does it say of Jesus? Verse 16, out of his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. It'll never run out. This is great news for believers. Grow in your walk with Christ. Visit GetAnchored.com.